Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. The attacks in Israel continue. While there's a push and a desire from President Joe Biden for a ceasefire, that does not stop Hamas from continuing more rocket fire, nor does it stop the Israeli Defense Forces from continuing to move in a way to continue to protect the people, putting out on Twitter, Jews, Muslims, Christians, Druze. Over the last 11 days, Hamas has fired rockets indiscriminately indiscriminately at all Israeli citizens. In response, we have been precisely targeting the source of terrorism in Gaza, and we will continue to do so. That source, of course, is Hamas. Hamas, a terrorist organization sponsored by Iran. We know this to be fact. Unfortunately, there are far too many American politicians who don't seem to want to know what the reality is. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it is good to be with you on Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Major Jerome Spielman is an IDF spokesman uh, to uh, the foreign press. He has been a part of the Second Intifada, the Second Lebanon War, cast lead operation in the Gaza Strip, and a series of other uh, excursions, uh, deployments and exercises. He joins us now uh, from Israel. Sir, I appreciate you taking the time speaking to us uh, about the latest that's going on, uh, responses from the Israeli Defense Forces. Let us start with the latest, the latest attacks uh, today and casualties. Absolutely, Tony, and thank you for having me. Uh, there's been an incessant barrage of attacks today. Um, I just got back from Ashkelon, which uh, for your listeners, Ashkelon is a beautiful city. Imagine Indianapolis. It's the beautiful city. The only difference is four miles away from the edge of that city lies the Gaza Strip. It would kind of be like uh, Indianapolis being four miles away from Tehran. Um, and a beautiful city with high-rise buildings. I was there inside a home, which had just sustained a direct rocket attack, uh, hit a direct hit. The, the woman, the mother of the family, and her, her son who was there, they decided to go into their protective shelter when they heard the sirens. They only had about 20 seconds. The entire home incinerated around them. And uh, it was just a miracle that they weren't injured. And so Hamas is continuing with this barrage. They're just firing off into the air, hoping that those rockets will kill Israelis. Uh, as you mentioned, they've, they've killed Israelis, Jewish Israelis. They killed Arab Israelis. They killed yesterday two Thai workers uh, whose families had to be notified in a, you know, overseas. And ironically, Tony, you, you know, one out of every five of those rockets lands back in Gaza, and there's Children in Gaza, 16 children in Gaza were killed over the course of two hours from their own rockets. We should take a second to to engage that and, and the way you describe that. A difference between Palestinians, people living in Gaza, and Hamas, the terrorist organization. There's Absolutely. a difference between the two. Exactly. The, the, the people living in Gaza, the Palestinian people living in Gaza, uh, Hamas was kind of thrust upon them. Uh, Hamas came in, in a brutal takeover. Uh, a number, not that many years ago, uh, just over a decade ago, they took the previous regime, which was the Palestinian Authority, and literally threw their leadership off the roofs of the buildings in Gaza and uh, took over. 
And the people in Gaza, you know, they don't they don't have a voice, so it's difficult to know them because there's no dissent against Hamas in Gaza. So, you know, it's not a good policy, a life insurance policy to to complain against Gaza. And, you know, for years, Gazan people worked in Israel. Israelis lived in Gaza. They worked together. And Israel has no beef with the people of Gaza. We we would love the, the quality of life of the people in Gaza to improve. But just to put this in, in proportion, uh, today I tried bringing uh, someone to the Erez crossing. It's a it's the humanitarian aid crossing. And I couldn't get in. Why couldn't I get in with this person who was a reporter? Because Hamas has been bombing their own humanitarian aid crossing for the last seven days. So we couldn't go in. The people of Gaza are hungry. Talking to Major Daron Spielman, spokesperson for the Israeli Defense Forces. One of the hits that IDF has been taking, at least in some levels of American press and certainly from uh, the, the punditry class, is that there was a building that was taken out that was housing uh, Hamas and, and, and headquarters, but also housed the Associated Press and some other, other journalist types. We know that warning was given. How has IDF... IDF responded to those people, whether it be in the United States or other places, saying, you're taking out, you're going after journalists. How could you? You know, the best that we've been able to do is uh, we've asked questions back, such as, as well, again, uh, the journalists are not to blame, but it is somewhat bizarre that it's not only a Hamas target. We have to understand that this building that uh, AP and Al Jazeera and housed Hamas's research and develop, advanced research and development wing, which is another way of saying that is where they were producing the means to kill Israeli people. And it was a primary target. And, you know, we did warn everybody and they did. Nobody was hurt in the explosion. But uh, the press for a long time asked us to provide proof. There is obviously an intel uh, element to this proof, so we couldn't share it publicly, but we shared it with the United States government and they accepted it. But, um, Again, the, the the conversation I do think needs to be turned around and said, what, why were you, I mean, you were riding the elevators with these people for years. I mean, you never kind of figured out maybe it wasn't a good place to be. And uh, I haven't had any real answers to that. The only thing I can say is there are former workers for these agencies that after they left the agencies very publicly stated that they witnessed firings of rockets right next to their agencies over the course of previous operations they never reported on it because they knew if they reported on it they would probably wouldn't leave gaza alive they would leave gaza in a box and, and and that's the story of gaza you know it's not freedom of the press it's not freedom of of expression it's the dark ages so this leads us to conversations of a ceasefire. Uh, we spoke with Daniel Ashman, uh, Ashheim yesterday from the uh, uh, Consul General's uh, office uh, to the Midwest uh, here in, in the U.S., uh, based in Chicago. We've heard that President Biden has been asking for a ceasefire, that Prime Minister Benjamin, Benjamin Netanyahu has been kind of hedging uh, on that. And then, of course, the reporting uh, today from Times of Israel that Benjamin Netanyahu has convened the security cabinet uh, amid the reports of a looming ceasefire. Are we about to see a ceasefire uh, regarding Hamas? And is Hamas going to agree to such a thing? I mean, that is the big question. Uh, there's a lot of rumors out there right now. And, and from a military perspective, perspective, I can only tell you how we're posturing right now. We are 
acting as if there is no ceasefire whatsoever. I mean, we, the Army, has hit many, many targets over the last 24 hours. We shifted our operations from the area of that underground terror city that Hamas built with international funding, which has been called the Metro, because it looks kind of like an underground subway metro system, but instead of you know transporting civilians, it transports uh, terrorism. And we moved, shifted our operations to the southern area of the Gaza Strip, which is where they have their missile silos, uh, their storage facilities. We've had enormous numbers of operations and success over the last 24 hours. And just understand what this means. I mean, Hamas, we've taken out a lot of their manufacturing. We took out most of their underground city. But the actual rockets, they've spread these things all under Gaza. Every one of them is inside a home. So last night, we took out rockets that were, and I'm not exaggerating, inside the cupboard, inside a home. Not only in the home, and so one of the homes was the former justice minister of Hamas. In his cupboard, he's got the rockets. So, again, you notify the families, you call them, you wake them up, you look at them, you watch them leave, and then you take out the rocket and you look for a secondary explosion. That is how painstaking it is because Hamas put everything near civilians. Um, so we're moving forward with all of our targets, and as long as we don't receive a red light, and we're continually able to do that. We, we're, we're moving forward with the mission of crippling Hamas's infrastructure. I and take and a, that is really, that's what our focus is right now. I want to take a second to talk stop, about stop. this idea of rockets. Very often we'll see the American press talk about rockets being launched into Israel. But rockets will make you think of the rockets' red glare. It's almost a Independence Day, 4th of July, uh, almost in the ether. Could you discuss what the military capacity of Hamas is, their firepower, and, and the f- sophistication of their weapons? Sure. Hamas began this conflict with around 12,000 plus or minus rockets. Uh, The payload on a rocket, to put it in normal civilian terms, if that rocket lands near a home, the entire home is incinerated and and everyone in that home is killed. I mean, that, that, that is what a rocket means. It's not a firework. And that is not even one of the stronger rockets. The direction capability in the rockets is not fantastic. Um, Of those 12,000, they have a few hundred rockets that are able to hit Jerusalem. If we go back in time, 11 days ago, uh, they did fire rockets at Jerusalem. Again, my own children were in Jerusalem on that very day. My own kids, this is before I was called up in the army. My own kids had to take shelter. You know, imagine a bunch of kids were out and all of a sudden sirens, you know, start ringing and they had to, you know, they had to take uh, shelter. And so a a few hundred are able to hit Jerusalem uh, and other far reaches of the country, hit Tel Aviv. Um, It's it's homemade with Iranian technology and funding. These are incredibly deadly. If one of them lands, a family is destroyed. And the only reason why this has not become, I mean, 12 people dying in Israel is, is horrible, but a catastrophic incident of thousands of people dying is because while Hamas has been investing in terror infrastructure, we've been investing in the Iron Dome missile defense system. So, you know, we've been doing everything we can, and it's been successful. It's managed to neutralize around 90% of those rockets. Talking to Major Daron Spielman, a spokesperson for the Israeli Defense Forces, we had started this part of the conversation about ceasefire. And so uh, I took from your statement that we shouldn't hold our breath on ceasefire, but anything and everything is still possible. Yeah, that's for sure. That is for sure. And this could go on and on and on. 
or we could get you know some type of notification soon. Certainly, we have our targets. What has changed? Hamas, according to much of our intel, Hamas thought they'd shoot a few rockets, and uh, that would be it. And and Israel maybe wouldn't respond. Not only have we responded, but everything that they've tried has failed. They tried from the sea in a submersive vehicle. We neutralized the vehicle and the combatants. They tried via their tunnels. We took out their tunnel system. They tried via the land. You know, we we have detected and taken out numerous of their operations from the land. And um, they received the response, I, even more than the military response, the people of Israel are united. And I've been up and down Israel along the Gaza border for days. Every person I have met in the South has said to me, we have one wish. None of them say to me that we, the rocket should stop falling. That's obvious. They all say to me that the IDF finishes this mission and reduces their enormously reduces or eliminates their ability to do this again and restores peace to this area. People of Israel are very, very strong. And yet the people of the United States are seem to be in a very, very weird spot. Don't get me wrong. There are plenty of supporters of Israel, but we've seen demonstrations in New York City. We've seen demonstrations in Los Angeles. We've seen demonstrations in Indianapolis, Indiana, where they say free Palestine and they they quote from the river to the sea, Palestine uh, will will be free. Uh, As you see that, as the IDF sees it, as Israelis see it, when you see that happening in the United States, what is the take on those kinds of demonstrations? Look, uh, it's it's very, very sad um, uh, to Israelis, and we do love the United States. The United States is our greatest ally. I will say this. I think this is reflective of something. You know, Israelis, we have a plenty of internal problems in our country, but we do know our story. Israelis know that our story. We know that we are people that have been around for 4,000 years. We know that we've survived a great deal and that we want to keep surviving and that we're not going to give in to tyranny and that we're not going to allow another Holocaust to happen. And when the common discussions, when we see this lack of support from certain sectors, it's just seems to be people who don't know their own story. I don't think that they know the American story because the American story and the Israeli story are actually similar, built upon similar ideals, uh, similar ideals that uh, are, some of them are rooted in history, some are rooted in the Bible, they're rooted in freedom, and they're rooted in pride. And it's, um, it's disheartening, but we understand the moral sanctification uh, of what we are doing. And it's just hard for me to believe when, do they not realize that Hamas shot 4,000 rockets as? I mean, we didn't start this. And do they not realize that we notify all these families to leave their homes, knowing that when we do that, the terrorists are going to get away? Well, allow me to add on to that for a second, sir, because it's not just the demonstrations that don't realize. There are elected officials, Rashida Tlaib, Congresswoman Michigan, Ilhan Omar, Congresswoman Minnesota, Representative Ocasio-Cortez, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez of New York, Representative Andre Carson of Indianapolis. Uh, They all, you had Representative Ocasio-Cortez wanting to block the arms deal between the United States and Israel, 730-some-odd million dollars uh, worth of deal, who pushed the idea of Israel as apartheid state and help move along these narratives. Is there a specific response from IDF or from the Israeli people towards elected officials in the United States who are also adding to this lack of knowledge of the situation? Well, the the response is that what actually is the result of this misguided 
uh, viewpoint and it's kind of ignoring the facts. The result is not, of course, it hurts Israel, but who does it really hurt? It hurts the people of Gaza. I mean, if you really care about the people of Gaza, then you have to stop moving forward with the same shenanigans and buying the deception that Hamas is peddling to the world that they are the victim. Because it just it just causes the entire misery of the Gazan people to continue. Only when these certain leaders and in international organizations and countries that have given billions of dollars to Hamas, only when they point the finger at Hamas and demand from them that they actually take care of the Gazan people, will the Gazan people actually have a future? As long as people ignore this and point the finger at Israel, which is the only democracy in the Middle East, actually the only group of people that seem to actually care about the lives of the Gazan people by trying to minimize their fatalities in the, in, during the course of war, as long as that continues, the people who will suffer most are the Gazan people. And I think that's the main issue. Major Jerome Spielman. From the Israeli Defense Forces spokesman there to the foreign press, I appreciate you taking the time. Stay safe, stay well, stay healthy, and let us talk again soon. Thank you so much, Tony, and to all of your listeners. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. You'll be able to grab uh, that interview, my conversation with Major Drone Spielman of the Israeli Defense Forces. That's already up and ready for you at TonyKatz.com. So be sure, be sure to grab that as quickly as you can and share that around. Really do uh, appreciate the Major being with us. We'll try and catch up with him next week. And hopefully this is no longer the case and Hamas has just given up. Yeah, I don't think that's coming. In the category of waste and fraud, the story is that hundreds of Paycheck Protection Program loans went to fake farms in absurd absurd places. That's the story from ProPublica. Now, I had to double-check it. But supposedly, some of the firms and some of the companies, they called them farms, they had names like Beefy King and <laughs> Dealy Nuts. <laughs> what? I swear to you, uh, that's that's the case. Uh, getting twenty thousand dollars, the maximum amount available for a sole proprietorship. Another one, seaweed bleeming, Manahawk in New Jersey. Uh, my parents actually used to live there. Got almost twenty thousand dollars. Wait till we see the level of fraud that took place in the PPP. Yeah. There's always some fraud. Maybe that's what happens with giveaways. We'll get more into it. This is Tony Katz today. Internet Explorer will be dead in a year. It wasn't already? It's actually not. You can still use it. But this is how old many of us are. That Internet Explorer, the reason we were able to get online to begin with, is coming to an end. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, Parlor, Instagram, Twitter, Tony Katz, and of course, TonyKatz.com. Get the podcasts there and of course support the show. Greatly appreciate that. Yeah, they will they have moved to something called Edge in 2015, but the world uses Chrome and Safari. I happen to like Opera. Some people's using Firefox. 
but Internet Explorer is over. Absolutely over, and they will stop servicing it. That's, uh, that's June of 2022. That's how old you are. And right now, I've been watching what's going... So the market's been nuts, right? It's had four days of down, and then the Treasury Secretary comes out and says, oh, yeah, we need stricter cryptocurrency compliance. This comes a day after, two days after, China's like, mm, we're not so sure about these cryptocurrencies. And that's what sent the market into a tailspin, and, and Bitcoin went below 40,000. It was at near 60,000 for a while there. So it goes below 40,000. Everything is in, it was in a tailspin, and now some things are coming back up. I spoke to some people who, who really play in this world, and like, yeah, this is the dip. This is the dip. This is what happens. It dips and then it gets back and then all is all is right with the world. Nope. No problem. No issue. No nothing. That's your problem with it? No, no, no. So, I, as I've said, I love the idea of Bitcoin, but the fact that it could be n- manipulated, the cost of it that much by one thing is what scares the hell out of me as an investor. Well, I don't know if it's the one thing, right? China making a decision is a big thing. It's when Elon Musk can put out a tweet and is like, hey, what about that Dogecoin? And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, Dogecoin through the roof. That. Yes. Legitimately. But to the other side of that argument, aren't there plenty of people who do that? If Warren Buffett says something, doesn't that move markets? It won't move the dollar that much. But it moves, but you're, there's, you still got to think about it as 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 markets, right? I, okay, right? I guess. We're having two different conversations. Yes. I'm saying, yes. So as a currency, that's why it scares me. As an investment, go. No, yeah. All for it. Go for it. I love the idea. Right. Let me tell you, Bitcoin, right, was, was popping back at 42, and then literally as we spoke- Back down to 38. Yeah, it heard us talking. Right. <laughs> that, that must have been it. It heard us having a, a, a conversation. No, I took some hits. I took some hits in the in the crypto world. Full disclosure, I, I do uh, play. I don't think I play enough to count. And if I'm talking about something uh, specifically, I'll share with you whether or not I, I have it. I will absolutely uh, let, let you know that. But, man... Listening to Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, saying um, that it will require any transfer worth $10,000 or more to be reported to the IRS. Oh, that's a real, real issue. And that is going to send some things down as well. That in and of itself could cause a problem because people move things all the time and when... The IRS, the IRS only cares to the point that they get their piece, right? As long as they get their piece, they don't care about nothing else. And here's a great example of it. Right? Great example of what we're talking about here. Cryptocurrency already poses a significant detection problem by facilitating illegal activity broadly, including tax evasion. That's dumb. Of course, well, it's it's the federal government. It's garbage. It's garbage from Janet Yellen. Pure, raw, unadulterated garbage. Because cash, you know, people use cash for tax evasion too. That's no different than Bitcoin. The hedge funds can manipulate GameStop, but if Reddit does it, well, then it's a crime. And now it's the same thing here. Absolutely despicable. 
despicable, these people. I still don't think people are giving up. I just don't think that, that, that they're going to give up. I have given up on trying to make people happy. As you know, uh, I work very hard overtime and bend over backwards to try and make people happy. Do you, though? Not in the slightest. I don't go out of my way to hurt people, but I am not willing to remake my life because of somebody else's decisions. I believe that one of the great things you can do in America is not care that much. That doesn't mean you want your fellow man hurt. It means that if I decide to care too much about your life, I may try and tell you how to live that life. As a matter of fact, I may tell you how you have to interact with my life. Because I care about my feelings so greatly, you have to be aware of my feelings. I think please and thank you does the trick. Now, that's not civility. That's just a certain level of decency. Uh, it's, it's, it's that when, when you share with me what your preferred pronouns are, you're putting something upon me, which all due respect, I didn't ask for. I didn't ask for your preferred pronouns. And I must say, for the record, I don't care. If you tell me your name is Shirley, I'll call you Shirley. If you tell me your name is Steve, I'll call you Steve. But if I look at you and I see a man and I say he, and you're like, no, 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 it's not he, it's they, all due respect, I'm not doing it. I'm not playing in that. Never mind the fact that it's improper grammar. It's in the same way. Look, I fly in suits, right? I'm heading out to Vegas in July. Let's go. You want to go? Dude, I love Vegas. I'm 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 doing a uh, a cigar convention. You're not gonna gamble though. You hate gambling. Oh no, I'm I'm the worst. The, wait, wait. The the most gambling I'm doing is on the crypto. I right. No, I know. I know you are not a gambler, but I would I, I would go to gamble. You know I don't. Well, I the reason I don't gamble is because I really like gambling. And I you are very self aware. Like I applaud that. Like yes, like super that's amazing. The the thing I like I'll do a twenty five dollar buy in to play poker with friends right that that that's it but I don't do the second buy in because if I do a second buy in my car keys are going to end up on the table right I know me I've always known that about myself and I'm like it's like people who are like you know what I'm never going to drink because I because I kind of know I think I'm going to like that no that's right? impressive it, it it I find people who do that impressive so so okay. Um, uh, but, but I'm heading out to Vegas. I'm going to wear a suit. I'm going to show up in 140 degree heat. I'll be in a suit. It's just what I do because I believe that there's a standard. I don't ask anybody to do things specifically the way I do them because I do them that way. When I talk about airline travel, I don't think people should wear pajamas because I think it's disgusting. And they show up in flip-flops and they put their dirty feet up on the, ch- on the, on the chair. And it, it's, ah, oh, I don't want to be next to the guy in a tank top. Nobody wants to smell you. It's about respect. That is different than saying, I have to call you they. This is the story of Demi Lovato, who has a lot of influence over your kids. Demi Lovato, actress, singer, has decided that she is fluid. She's been doing a lot of self-reflective work. Good on her. We all do all the time. The difference is some of us don't talk about it out loud. And when we do this work, we do it for us. What Demi Lovato said is that she is non-binary. I can't even describe to you what that is. 
and now uses new pronouns and wants to be referred to as they. And with all due respect, I won't do that. And I won't do it if only because it's improper English. If I say, uh, what are they doing? I'm talking about a couple of people. If I was talking about Demi Lovato, I would say, what is she doing? That she does not want to be known as she is totally up to her. But what she cannot do is tell me I can't, I have to somehow change noticing what she is. It's going to slip. And I can't spend my time figuring it out. Part of the reason for these things, uh, sir and ma'am and things like that, is to create a level of respect that doesn't have to dig too deep. It's a certain set of ground rules. And to be so insulted by someone utilizing the ground rule, it's like... It's like when you see it, you see a boy with long hair. Boys have long hair. It's totally fine. I had crazy long hair as, as, as a teenager. Hair down below my butt. Oh, great ponytail. Um, if someone f- saw me from behind and said, excuse me, miss, would that be a hate crime? Oh, no, 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 no. It's actually exactly the same because there are people who get radically offended This is a boy, not a girl. How dare you? How dare I? How dare I? I'll admit, I took a look at society, and that's usually a societal thing for a girl. It was just a mistake. That's all. That's all. Nothing more, nothing less. What they're asking, the people who push this idea of pronouns, is that I rewire myself to their desires? And the answer is no. That's not disrespectful. That's just factual. I can call Caitlyn Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner from now until the end of time, but I will 99.99% of the time say he. Not a bad person. I'm not going to going to sit here and feel bad about myself you want me to not recognize reality and the answer is I won't do it and I will not start speaking in some kind of what the heck English to satisfy someone's feeling at the moment remember this came after a lot of thought self-reflective work what if after another three years of self-reflective work she goes another way When Prince turned himself into a symbol, I called him Prince. Demi Lovato can make all the changes to her life she chooses. I hold nothing against her. The only thing I would want for her, like I would want for you, is I would want you to be happy. I'd want you to have some joy. But you are not allowed to have your joy at my expense. Nor do I believe at society's expense. And to say to them they have to now recognize a multiplicity of pronouns in order to satisfy you, I think is so rude. You be you.
You be you. You don't have to worry about what people call you. You know who you are. Whatever happened to that? A little bit of strength from the inside. Do you think it matters? He or she or they or them or it or she or whatever it is. Where are you on the inside? Where's your strength? Where's your toughness? Oh, you come on. You come on, producer Ari. You come on with telling people that they have to live in fear of saying the wrong pronoun or get sued, which happens. We've seen it happen in Canada. We're hearing it discussed in other places. They have to live in fear because somebody makes a decision on some day. Let's bring Abigail Schreier's conversation into this, who has written about transgenderism. What's that, Ari? And writing about the fact and discussing the fact that there are girls out there who engage in this, it seems, for... um. Uh, acceptance the book is irreversible damage the transgender craze seducing our daughters this is the book that target took off the shelves am i not allowed to talk about that either because oh come on i want her to live her life and i'm gonna live my life that's all i just can't be everything that everybody wants luckily i know who i am i'm tony katz Geraldo, You're let him talk. You're an uncontrolled lunatic. Geraldo, let him talk. Because you can't go on the air. I'm really? an out of control lunatic. Can you calm lunatic. down? Yeah, you really I'm need to calm down. I'm a 10-time Emmy winner Maybe with try deep a experience in the Middle East. Right, guys, have you guys, ever guys, even okay. been there? Geraldo, I've been, been, been there. Geraldo Rivera on Hannity talking to Dan Bongino there at Fox News. Man, just, it, it, it was a clown show. And Geraldo was the clown. And I'm convinced this is the part that he's playing. There's no way he could actually be going on Fox or any television network and making the claim of, well, Israelis are just killing Palestinian children with American rockets. It's the bit, dude. Like, There's just no way he's doing that legitimately. Of course, it's a bit. But what a bit. He's like, hey, this will get me a little bit of FaceTime this week. It's, there, if you want to know what giving aid and comfort to the enemy is, Ooh. it's Geraldo Rivera talking to Hannity and Dan Bongino on this subject. That's giving aid and comfort to the enemy. And Hamas, we should be clear, is the enemy. It's not just the enemy of Israel. It's not just the enemy of the United States. Hamas is the enemy of free and thinking people. Terrorists are the enemy of free and thinking people. They're the enemy of good. They're the enemy of great. They're the enemy of freedom. They're the enemy of hope. That's what they are. And there is Geraldo Rivera. Saying, oh... Look at me, I, I've studied the area, I've been there. Have you ever been there? What is that argument? I've never been shot, I know the bullet hurts. Did you win 10 Emmys though? No, I didn't win 10 Emmys. Which, by the way, if Geraldo Rivera has won 10 Emmys, tells you what an Emmy is worth. I know, right? I was shocked by that too. He might as well have just said, don't you know who I am? Like he's the husband of Governor Gretchen Whitmer. That's a very good joke, Tony. Madness. Madness. But you got to assume that Fox loves this stuff.
They love that fight. I can't. I mean, I, I, I share it with you in, 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 in drips. I figure that's all anyone can take. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Find everything at TonyKatz.com, including my interview with uh, the IDF. And I'll, I'll share it with you in a little bit. This is Tony Katz today.